It is week 25 of Maseches Chagiga with the Sydney Colors. Sponsored in Nishmas in memory of Sarah Brian Dobat Yecheskel Halevi and dedicated at this very challenging time to our brothers and sisters in Israel. We are holding the Gomorrah of Chafei Amr base two lines down in the wide lines towards the bottom of the page at the start of the new Mishnah. We've been learning in the various Mishnayas different stringencies of Kodesh over Truma and Truma over Kodesh as it relates to Tuma and Tara, ritual purity and impurity. And this Mishnah continues with another instance where the laws of Truma are more strict than those of Kodesh. The Mishnah says, Min velifnim. From the town of Modi'im and inwards towards Jerusalem, Ne'emonin al People who are neither particular nor knowledgeable about the laws of Tumah and Tara, we can trust them about the Tahara of earthenware utensils which are in short supply in Jerusalem. But from Modi'im and outwards, away from Jerusalem, we don't trust them. So what is going on here? What does it mean from Modi'im and inwards towards Jerusalem we believe them and from Modi'im and outwards we don't believe them? Why is this the case and what does it mean? So we have to bring a bit of an introduction here. Modi'im was a city 15 mil distant from Jerusalem. Now the rabbis knew that people were not able to get their hands on small earthenware utensils in Jerusalem very easily. The reason is because they couldn't manufacture earthenware utensils in Jerusalem because as the Gemara is going to say on Daf Chavav, kilns were forbidden there in case the smoke from the kilns blackened the walls of the city. And since the rabbis knew that people couldn't get their hands easily on small earthenware utensils in Jerusalem, they allowed chaverim, that is people who are particular and knowledgeable about the laws of Tum and Tara, to buy small earthenware utensils like pots, cups and flasks from Amayaretz for use with Kodesh, sacrificial offerings, and they allowed people to trust the potters that the utensils had been guarded from becoming Tumah. Even though that's not normally allowed, since people couldn't manufacture these types of utensils in Jerusalem, the rabbis understood that if they forbade people from buying these things from Amei Aretz, it would be almost impossible for Chaverim to obtain the utensils they needed to bring their offerings and to cook and eat sacrificial foods. And therefore the rabbis realized this would be a gazera that Rav Tzibur couldn't stand up to, a decree that most people wouldn't be able to stand up to, they wouldn't be able to keep it. And therefore the rabbi said we're going to relax our decree in this instance, since people can't get hold of these utensils very easily in Jerusalem, we're going to relax our decree. However, they only relaxed it for pottery potters that were from Modi'im and inwards towards Jerusalem, from that city and inwards towards Jerusalem. But from Modi'im and outwards away from Jerusalem, they wouldn't trust the potters there. Keitzad, the Mishnah says, how is this manifest practically speaking? Hakadar, a potter, who is selling the pots, if he entered inwards of Modi'im, in between Modi'im and Jerusalem, the same potter, with the same pots and the same purchases, he can be trusted. In other words, that potter who brought the pots inwards of Modi'im is trusted, but he's only trusted, Rashi points out, regarding those pots that he imported, and only those purchasers who observed him entering with his pots are allowed to trust him. But Yotza, once he left Modi'im, heading away from Jerusalem, Einu Ne'eman, at that point, he is no longer trusted. That's the end of the Mishnah. We now commence the Gemara. So the Mishnah told us Modi'im is a borderline for trusting Amayaretz about the Tara of earthenware vessels. The Gemara wants to know what about Modi'im itself. The Mishnah wasn't clear about Modi'im itself. If you have a potter from Modi'im who brings pots inwards of Modi'im, so then fine, you can buy them. But it's not clear if you can go into Modi'im and buy pots in Modi'im. 
So Tana, it was taught in a bride. So Modi'im, Modi'im itself. Pa'amim kaliflim, pa'amim kalachutz. Sometimes it's considered to be inwards of Modi'im and closer to Jerusalem. And sometimes outwards of Modi'im and you cannot buy that. Ketan, how so? How is it Modi'im sometimes is good and sometimes is not good? Kadar If the potter is leaving the inward area, the area close to Jerusalem, to enter Modi'im, the chover nichnas, and the chover is entering Modi'im from the outside, and they meet in Modi'im. Kalifnim. At that point, the town itself is considered to be like the area between Modi'im and Jerusalem, and the chover would be allowed to purchase the utensils there. Because since the Kadar is leaving the area close to Jerusalem and leaving, moving away from Jerusalem, if the purchaser doesn't buy them now, he might not have an opportunity later because the potter's leaving the area and he's not going to return there anytime soon. Case number two. Either they're both coming in towards Jerusalem and they both enter Modi'im on their way to Jerusalem, or they both left Jerusalem and leaving the inner area and coming into Modi'im as they leave the Jerusalem area. So in those cases, Kalachutz. Modi'im is considered to be like the outer area and you're not allowed to buy there. Why is that the case? So in the first case where they're both entering Modi'im and going towards Jerusalem, the purchaser can just wait. In a short while, they'll both be on their way to Jerusalem and they'll be able to buy there. That will be permissible because it will be the area that is considered to be like close to Jerusalem where the rabbis waive their requirements and allow the person to purchase there. So they can just wait. If he just waits, he'll be able to buy once they leave Modi'im on their way to Jerusalem. Where they're both leaving the inner area and going into Modi'im, he also can't buy there. Because since they were together in Jerusalem and on their way to Modi'im, he shouldn't have waited. The buyer shouldn't have waited till they got to Modi'im before buying. He should have bought beforehand when they were on their way there. And therefore in both these cases, where they're both travelling in the same direction, Modi'im is not a permissible place to buy. Amar Abaye Abaye said, We've also learned this in our Mishnah. Our Mishnah also seems to indicate that Modi'im is sometimes Kilifnim and sometimes Kalachut. Sometimes you can buy there and sometimes you can't. How do we see that from our Mishnah? Because look at the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, That the potter who sold the pots. If he entered inwards of Modi'im, then he can be trusted and you can buy there. So what do you see from that part of the Mishnah? Tama delifnim min Modi'im. That only if you're inwards of Modi'im. Ha Modi'im gufalo mehemel. Modi'im itself, you can't trust him there, you can't buy there. So the first part of the Mishnah indicates that Modi'im itself, you can't buy there. But Amos must say, for then the Mishnah continues and says, Yatsa inuneman. If someone left Modi'im, he's not trusted after he left Modi'im. That implies ha Modi'im gufaneman. In Modi'im itself, he's trusted. So the first part of the Mishnah implies that you cannot trust someone in Modi'im itself. The second part of the Mishnah implies in Modi'im itself, you can trust someone. So the two parts of the Mishnah seem to be in conflict. And Alav Shema Minah, rather, must it not be the case to resolve the contradiction? That in the second part of the Mishnah, the Mishnah is talking about a case where the potter is leaving the inward area for the town and the Chavar is entering the town from the outside. And in such a case, Modi'im is considered to be Lifnim, you're allowed to buy that. But Khan Bishashneim Yotzim Mishnechnasim, whereas the first clause of the Mishnah is talking about a case where they're both leaving the inner area or both entering from the outside, they're both heading in the same direction. In such a case, you're not allowed to believe him, we said, in Modi'im. And therefore, the two clauses of the Mishnah directly tell us the cases that we've just learnt, that in one of the cases you can treat Modi'im kalifnim, and in one of them you treat it kalachut. Shema Minah, indeed we may learn this from here. 
The Gemara now moves on, quoting a brisa that qualifies the ruling that we learned. We said that from the Im and inwards towards Jerusalem, Amayorets can be trusted with regarding the tahara of the earthenware utensils. So the brisa qualifies this teaching. Tane was taught in a brisa. They trusted regarding the tahara of only small earthenware utensils and only those that will be used for Kodesh. Not, by implication, large utensils and not ones that will be used for something else. And the Meiri points out, why do the rabbis only allow it for Kodesh and not for Truma? Because Kodesh foods, as we've said previously, have to be consumed by a certain time or they become invalid as Nosar, which are leftovers. And therefore it's vital there be sufficient vessels to prepare them in, so they can be eaten before the time limit expires, to ensure the availability of these utensils, so therefore they allow the person to buy from an Amaretz. And it's only with small utensils, not large utensils, as we're now going to elaborate. Amr Ishlokish Ishlokish said, Rabbi Yochanan says it's only where the utensils can be carried with one hand. They have to be small enough that they can be carried with one hand. Or Rabbi Yochanan says, no, they can be even slightly larger than being able to be carried with one hand. That can still be considered small. Now, why is it that we only allow small utensils? The Mepharshim point out it's almost impossible for the average person to manage without easy access to these small everyday utensils like pots, cups and flasks. Because in Jerusalem, people use these items on a daily basis to cook and eat their offerings and to bring their offerings to the temple. And that is why this was permitted for smaller utensils. Another dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. Am Rish Lakish, Rish Lakish said, Lo shanu ele The rabbis only said this law with regards to empty utensils, but not utensils filled with something. In other words, if the utensils were filled with non-Kodesh liquid, then you'd have to assume that the non-Kodesh liquid was contaminated and you wouldn't be able to assume anything about the pot either. The pot also would be contaminated. For Rabbi Yochanan, or Rabbi Yochanan says, No, even if the pots are full of something, you can still believe him that the pot is tahor. And even if his clothing is inside the utensil, even if his coat is inside the utensil, and by rabbinic law, the, the garment, the clothing of an Amaret is assumed to be contaminated with Midras Tumah and will certainly contaminate any utensil in which it's found. Nonetheless, the rabbis permitted a utensil that contained that clothing to be used for Kodesh as long as it was bought in between Modi'im and Jerusalem. So this is a machlokes Rabbi Yochanan and Rishlokish, whether the law only applies to empty utensils or even one that had something in it, something that had food in it or a coat that should be assumed to be tomic. For Amar Rava, but Rava says, I'll qualify for you Rabbi Yochanan's position. Even though Rabbi Yochanan just told us that even if the pots are filled with something, you can still assume that the pots are tahor, that only applies to the utensil. But the liquid itself, we still have to assume is tome, even though the utensil is tahor. The altisma, and don't be surprised about this, don't be surprised about this apparent inconsistency that we're saying the utensil is tahor, but the liquid inside it is tome, because we find similar to this elsewhere, and we've learned this previously, shari lagin mali mashkin, for behold, in the case of a wooden flask filled with liquid that is protected from corpse tumma by means of an earthenware utensil, lagin tome in tumas shiva, or mashkin tahorin. And yet we see the flask is tome with seven-day corpse tumma by rabbinic decree, but the liquid is... Tahor. What's the case? The case is there's a flask on the upper floor of a house that has a corpse on its lower floor and the hatchway between the floors is blocked by an earthenware utensil. So the earthenware shields the contents of the flask from corpse tumor, but the flask itself becomes tome.
So you see, we can differentiate between the utensil and the contents, and that's the position of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says, even if the flask has got, even if the utensil's got something in it, we can assume the utensil is Taho, but that's only the utensil. The contents, actually, we believe, are Tommy. We're going to hold it for today. I wish you a very good day.